Well, we're glad you're here tonight. Let's stand and take our Bibles tonight. Second Kings chapter 10. Second Kings chapter 10. I'm good seeing a bunch of you here tonight. So glad you're here. I know Wednesday nights are, are a challenge for you to get here from work. And some of you get here straight from work and didn't even have a meal yet. And so that's okay if your stomach growls during the service. Amen. And we're just praying for a good server. Thankful to have Pastor Mrs. Jean with us. They will be leaving tomorrow to go back to China. And so it's bittersweet for us. We've just enjoyed them being here. I tried to convince him to move his membership here, but it didn't work. Amen. But uh, we're, we're praying that, they'll be, that God will bless them greatly. And they've been such a help to us. And we're praying God will bless their church greatly. You pray for me. He's overseeing two churches right now. And the second one right now has got a lot of challenges. And so it's, uh, it's everything you don't learn about in Bible college or seminary. So you just pray God will give him wisdom about that. And I know he will. God knows. And, and just, we're just reminded that no matter how big our problems are, Jesus Christ is still the chief shepherd of the, of the sheep. Amen? So we know that he'll take care of that. All right. Say amen if you're in Second Kings. Amen. Not First Kings. Second Kings. Not First Chronicles. Not Second Chronicles. Second Kings. By the way, I'm thankful I have a voice tonight. I lost my voice yesterday. I went to San Francisco yesterday, and I was going, like this. I said, I haven't been smoking, you know, so I'm not smoking. So we're going to have a good, good service tonight. Two verses tonight for our service. 2 Kings 10, verse 15. And when he was departed thence, he lighted on Jehonadab, the son of Rechab, Rechab, coming to meet him. And he saluted him and said to him, Is thine heart right as my heart is with thy heart? And Jehonadab answered, It is. If it be... Give me thy hand. And he gave him his hand. And he took him up to him into the chariot. And he said, now this is, this is, this is Jehu or Yehu speaking. He said, come with me and see my zeal for the Lord. So they made him ride in the chariot. And so tonight I call your attention. We're just looking at two verses and one thought. It's a needed ingredient in our lives. We're looking at the life of this man by the name of Jehu. Two chapters of the Bible speak about him. And this interesting thought is he was out to do the Lord's work. He met this man by the name of Jehonadab, and he said, Come with me and see my zeal for the Lord. I just want to preach you a message tonight. It's kind of a takeoff on a, on a recent uh, So Many Challenge I did, which is not the same message, but it's something to take off on it. I just want to preach you a message tonight to encourage us. Are you a red-hot Christian? Are you a red-hot Christian? What, what's your spiritual temperature? Are you a red-hot Christian? Now, Father, tonight, bless our time. Thank you for the prayer time we've already had and the encouragement we've had from the <clears throat> missionary letter. We need, to, we need your, to touch our lives tonight. I need you to work through me, Lord, with my limitations, which are many. I need the fullness of the Spirit. I need the same fire that, Lord, we're going to be talking about to infuse me tonight, <clears throat> infuse our members and our guests. So bless the service we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. You may be seated. <clears throat> Those of you new to the church, we've been on a series entitled Kings and Prophets. And we were in Proverbs for about almost four years. And after that, I just got on a series starting with First Kings, starting to look at the lives of Solomon and the kings thereafter and the prophets on that. And uh, about two weeks ago, we looked at this man by the name of Yehu and how God touched him. He was the king of Israel for a short period of time. And uh, we want to see something about this man, Yehu, or Jehu, that is cannot be ignored. We want to look at this ingredient, as I mentioned, that uh, we need more of. And maybe some of us just need it tonight. And that ingredient is this word zeal, or being zealous. And having this ingredient can determine the degree of your success and sustainability in serving God and just being somebody that God can greatly use. And I don't know if you've given much thought <coughs> about this word zeal. 
are being zealous, we're praying tonight that God would speak to our hearts this evening. And so we're going to look at this thought he gives us tonight from verse 16, where he says, Come with me and see my zeal for the Lord. The first thing I want you to notice in our study tonight, I want you to consider the meaning. I want you to notice the meaning concerning zeal, the contextual meaning. The word zeal is used in the Old and New Testament 26 times. 12 times in the Old Testament, 14 times in the New Testament. The word zeal is used 26 times. Contextually, it has the same meaning. It has the idea of someone having a great desire for something to be done. It is a word that is used to describe God's jealousy for His people, an ardor, a love. I, by the way, aren't you glad God is jealous for you and me, amen? And uh, it describes God's jealousy for His people. It's used to describe a man's heart for someone or something. Uh, it, it is The word zealous means something that is burning hot or consumed. Someone's consumed to accomplish something. It could be a description that describes someone who has an ardent desire. It's sometimes used to describe water that's boiling over. You know, you fill a pot to capacity and you, and you turn on the flame and it's burning over capacity. It has the idea of just something being very, very red hot. They say that metal that becomes brightly red hot, has to be inserted into that furnace or that, that, that cauldron where it's being burned in. It has to meet the, it has to be, it has to equal the temperature of that, of that furnace or cauldron. And they say for metal to become burning hot, it has to reach a temperature of 1100 to 1200 degrees Fahrenheit. That's pretty hot. Amen. You think about putting a roast into the oven and just letting it sit there about 250 to 350 degrees. Think of something 1100 to 1200, maybe even 1500 degrees Fahrenheit. That is red hot. Now, when it attains the red hot nature, that that just as we see there in the image, it is it, it has attained the character of the fire that's inside of it. Now, think about that for a minute. It has attained the same character as the fire that it's exposed to tonight. And what we're looking at tonight is a word that describes the zeal God wants His people. God wants men and women and young people to have for the work of God. The Lord Jesus Christ had an apostle by the name of Simon Zealot. Remember that name? You don't read a lot about him, but what you do read is that this man's name is, his last name is Zealots. He did not change his name. In fact, everything historically we know about Simon Zealots is the same. This man, the word Zealots, Zealotes is the Greek word we get for zeal, which means burning hot. Now this man was a descendant of a class of Jews who traced their roots back to Judas Maccabeus. You go back to the sermons I preached a couple years ago on the book of Daniel. I spent some time talking about the Maccabeans and so forth there and how they fought with the, they fought with the, the group of people that were against them. And this man, Simon, belonged to this, this, root of, this group of Jews called the Zealots. And they basically were, were zealous for the Mosaic law and zealous as patriots of, 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 the, of, the, uh, patriots of the Jewish nation. And there were many things that stood out about him. And I'm not sure that night Jesus prayed for his apostles. He was looking at this man, Simon Zealot, and he thought, you know, this guy was would make a great apostle and a great example. And as far as we know, the man maintained a zealousness for Jesus Christ. And so we're thankful for that. Now, as we look at the meaning of zeal, we want to consider the fact that we need to be careful that we don't have zeal without knowledge. Zeal without knowledge is not a good thing. That's fanaticism, okay? And uh, we must consider the fact we must know what we are zealous about. We must know what we're zealous about. It is important that we don't become ignorantly obsessive about something and don't know what it's all about. Uh, Romans 10, 2 says, for I bear them record that they have a zeal of God, but not according to knowledge. Be careful. You do not follow a multitude to eat, to do evil. You ever watch a mob of people get together? 
and they do something, and some of the, and I guarantee you, probably a lot of people that are part of that mob, they have no clue what this is all about. They really don't have all the facts. They just want to be part of something that looks very fanatical. And we need to be very careful about that as Christians, that we do not follow a multitude to do evil. Thomas Fuller said this, <clears throat> zeal without knowledge is fire without light. I thought it's a good definition. John Bunyan said this, zeal without knowledge is like a metal horse without eyes or like a sword in a madman's hand. There is no knowledge where there is not the word. For if they reject the word of the Lord and act not by that, what wisdom is it was in them, saith the Lord, saith the prophet, Jeremiah 8, 9 and Isaiah 8, 20. Someone said this, a zealous man in religion is preeminently a man of one thing. It is not enough to say that he is earnest, hearty, uncompromising, thoroughgoing, wholehearted, fervent in spirit. He only sees one thing. He cares for one thing. He lives for one thing. He's swallowed up in one thing. And that one thing is to please God. That's good. Whether he lives or whether he dies, whether he has health or whether he has sickness, whether he's rich or whether he's poor, whether he pleases man or whether he gives offense, whether he is thought wise or whether he's thought foolish, whether he gets blame or whether he gets praise, whether he gets honor or whether he gets shame. For all this, the zealous man cares nothing at all. He burns for one thing. And that one thing is to please God and to advance God's glory. If he's consumed in the very burning, he cares not for it, for he is content. He feels that, like a lamp, he is made to burn. And if consumed in burning, he has but done the work for which God appointed him. Such a one will always find a sphere for, uh, for his zeal. If he cannot preach work and give money, he will cry, sigh, and pray. If he cannot fight in the valley with Joshua, he will do the work of Moses, Aaron, and Hur on the hill. If he is cut off from work himself, he will give the Lord no rest till help is raised up from another quarter and the work is done. This is what I mean when I speak of zeal and religion. We see the meaning, the contextual meaning. Zeal is in the Bible. Zeal is important. Zeal is having a burning hot desire for Jesus Christ. Now go to our passage tonight and let's look at an excellent, an excellent example concerning zeal this evening. And notice number two, not only do we see the meaning, but number two, which you consider the mission. I want you to notice with me the commander's mission. The focus tonight is on this man by the name of Yehu or Jehu. Jehu was a captain in Ahab's army. Ahab is dead. Ahab has had a son who's on the throne. Uh, a, a prophet of uh, Elisha sends one of his servants with a cruise of oil. He goes in to see this man by the name of Jehu. Jehu sitting with some other captains. This man, this, this, this son of the prophet takes, takes Jehu into a room and he pours the oil on his head and tell, gives a commission that you are now the king of Israel. You are now been anointed of God. And when he received that, he realized that God had given him a, an appointment at that moment of time to do the work of the Lord. This oil has been upon him. And now he's no longer a captain. He's the commander in charge. He's king. Now notice several things about this man. We're going to break down and look at zeal in action. And I want you to see some things about zeal that's critically important that will help you and I to have a zeal with knowledge. First of all, notice the commission in his zeal. Would you notice that tonight? The commission in his zeal. In 2 Kings 10, his first thing he does after he takes out the king of Israel and the king of Judah, both which are wicked men, he now has to fulfill the commission, the prophecy that was given through Elijah many years before. 
He has to go after the entire household of Ahab. He's got a clean house, literally. Judgment has to begin in the house of God. And so if we read in the beginning of chapter 10, he, Ahab has 70 sons, remaining sons. And he sends a letter to the rulers of the kingdom. And he says, if you be righteous, what are you going to do with them? He says, get those men. I'm coming for them. Well, the, the elders of Israel were concerned. They said, well, man, two kings couldn't outlast him. What are we going to do? And they hurriedly executed judgment on the 70 sons of Ahab, beheaded them. And he told them, Line their heads up by the gate there so people know that, I, that, that something's been done here. He had a mission and he was to execute that. So, he, he t- so the 70 sons of Ahab are taken out. And then we notice later on that he goes on and uh, he, he, he finds uh, some other remnants of, of the family. He takes them out. And then we find that he, uh, he goes into the house of Baal where Baal worship was being done. And he took, up all the, he took out all the priests of Baal. And then later on, later in this chapter, his last, his last thing, which actually what we find him doing here in the latter part of the chapter, he goes after Jezebel and takes Jezebel. He does exactly everything that the Lord wanted him to do. He did not stop. And we go from chapter 10, verse 1, until he's completed all this exercise. He has taken out everyone he's supposed to do. Now I want you to consider some things about the word zeal. Would you notice this? Notice Galatians 4.18. If it's not in your notes, go to your Bible and turn to Galatians 4.18. Listen to what Paul said. Paul has two things to say about zeal. Number one, he said in Galatians 4.18, for it is good to be zealously affected always in a good thing. Now that's a great thought. It's always good, he said, to be zealously affected in a good thing. If it's a good thing, be on fire about it. Amen? Be on fire about church. Can I hear an amen? amen. Be on fire about reading your Bible. Amen? amen. Be on fire that you're, that you're, you're, you're Baptist. He says, it is a good, it is good to be zealously always affecting a good thing, not only when I'm present with you. He says, listen, don't get excited for Jesus when I'm here. Just be excited for Jesus all the time. Amen? That's what he's saying there. He said, it's good to be always zealously affected in a good thing. Listen, you ought to be excited about church. You ought to be excited about being alive. You ought to be excited that Christ is in your heart. You ought to be excited you have a Bible. You ought to be excited you're, you have freedom in America. You ought to be excited that you get to share the gospel with people. Amen. Be excited tonight for Jesus Christ tonight. Notice Titus 2.14. Now this this will touch your life. Titus 2.14. Titus, I love this passage of scripture. And it, and it starts off by talking about the grace of God. But it talks about Jesus here. He says, who gave himself for us, that he might redeem us from all iniquity and purify unto himself a peculiar people, zealous of good works. We are a chosen people. We're a special people. We're a set apart people. We are the people of God. Listen, God, Jesus died for us. He redeemed us from all iniquity. Aren't you glad about that? Not for some iniquity, all iniquity. And he's pure to purify himself a peculiar people. Notice this, zealous of good works. Did you know something tonight? God's will tonight for every Christian is we're zealous of good works. He wants us to be on fire about serving Him. He wants us to know that whatsoever your hand findeth to do, do with all your might. I realize tonight you're coming off of work. We're at the midway point of the week. You're probably hungry. You're probably tired. You're probably thirsty. Your dog, you haven't let your dog out the house. And you're worried about getting your dog out the house. You know, things like that. You're worried about all these things. You're hoping, hopefully this pastor will hurry up and get down the message so I can get home and get my message and get things done and all these type of things like that. But the Bible says, listen, you get to church on Wednesday. I'm just glad you're here. But the Bible says, listen, we're to be zealous of good works. Be zealous about, and by the way, thank you for being zealous of coming to church tonight. Amen. I'm just thankful you're here this evening. But notice tonight, he says that we ought to be 
be a people that are characterized by zeal. God's people are to be burning hot to do good works. It was in Jehu's heart to be zealous for the Lord. He said, come with me and see my zeal for the Lord. God's people to be red hot for Jesus Christ. That's literally what the word zeal means. We're to be red hot for Christ. Let's be red hot about the word of God. Amen. Tomorrow morning, set your Bible reading schedule. and Be red hot to read the Bible. That's a good thing. Let's be red hot about walking with God in prayer. That's a good thing. Let's be red hot about going, getting ready for church on Sunday. That's a good thing. If you're part of our club ministries Friday, be red hot by coming here Friday for the club ministry and for the Bible studies on Friday. That's a good thing. Let's be red hot about winning souls. That's a good thing. Brother Erwin took one of our young men up, so many today, and the young man, they were knocking on doors and knocking on doors, and they got the gospel to a lady, and for the very first time, this young man's been saved 20 years, very first, first time, he saw somebody get saved at the door hearing the gospel of Jesus Christ. I promise you that changed his life. Amen. I mean, you know, I, I guarantee he's a little bit more excited about Jesus than he was before there. Let's get red hot about winning souls. That's a good thing. He said, come with me and see my zeal for the Lord. We see the commission of zeal. But notice in these verses of Scripture, verses 15, 16, notice his courage in his zeal. Now, Jehu had a daunting task. If you read this chapter, we wouldn't take for granted what he had to do. But listen, he had all the odds against him. He had to take, he had to deal with 70 sons of Ahab who had to be taken out. He had to deal with all the prophets and priests of Baal. And he had to go in their, in their temple and deal with them. He had to deal with, with Jezebel. And that was a handful right there. Amen. I mean, he had all these things he had to do. He had to deal with two, two kings. And listen, listen tonight. It takes courage to exercise zeal. When you're given something big to do, something that's way over your head. And by the way, that's the way we ought to feel about things so sometimes the things way over our head if they weren't way over our head we wouldn't trust in god amen but he had courage in his zeal listen it takes courage to win souls it takes courage to spend some time in prayer it takes courage to stand up for jesus it takes courage to be red hot a red hot christian in a decadent culture jehu said to jonadab come with me and see my zeal for the lord look at isaiah chapter 9 verses 6 and 7 this is good real good stuff isaiah chapter 9 verses 6 and 7 and we were familiar with this because we read these verses during, during, during Christmas time, but they have relevant meaning even if it's not Christmas time. It says, for unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given. It's talking about the incarnation of Jesus Christ. And it talked about, it talked about the wonderfulness of Jesus Christ. It says, and the government shall be upon his shoulder, and his name shall be called Wonderful, Counselor, the Mighty God, the Everlasting Father, the Prince of Peace, of the increase of his government and peace there shall be no end, upon the throne of David and upon his kingdom, to order it and to establish it with judgment and with justice from henceforth, even forever. Notice, the zeal of the Lord of hosts will perform this. I imagine, as Isaiah was writing this down, he's thinking, he's trying to get his arms and his mind around the incarnation and the Son of, and the Prince of Peace. He's trying to get his mind around this. How is this all going to happen? How is the government going to be on his shoulder? How is, how is he the mighty God? How is he the everlasting Father? How is the increase of the government going to be upon him? And, he had to, and the Lord, God, God had to tell Isaiah, the zeal of the Lord of hosts will perform this. Listen, I, I, I promise you tonight, God is zealous for you and me. And God is zealous when he answers prayer. And if God has a zeal to do his will on earth through you and me, how much more you and I should have a zeal to do God's work for his glory. Jesus said this, I'm must work the works of him that sent me while it is day. The night cometh when no man could work. I promise you Jesus had zeal when he served the Lord. I promise you Jesus kept on going and going and going because he had zeal. He had courage in his zeal. Jesus in his zeal cleansed the house of God of the money changers. Jesus in his zeal healed people on the Sabbath.
Sabbath day and got people upset. Jesus in his zeal defended a woman caught in the very act of adultery. And as he got down and wrote their names in the sand and wrote the description of their sins in the sand, I guarantee you he had zeal taking defense and standing for this woman that he had already forgiven. Jesus had zeal for people. He had zeal in going to the cross. He had zeal in shedding his blood for your sins and mine. And by the way, when he wrote this tomb away, that's a stone away, came out the tomb, I guarantee you that he had zeal coming out that tomb that night, that morning there. Gee, Paul, Jesus had zeal. Hey, Paul had courage. You read about the apostle Paul. He had courage in his zeal. Paul was zealous to get up after he had been stoned. Paul was stirred in his spirit when he saw a city wholly given to idolatry. That's zeal with courage. Listen, you look at Jehu and he could have said, Lord, what you want me to do is too much. And what you want me to do is unpopular. And what you want me to do, I need some help. And Lord, I, I don't feel like I got to do it all by myself. But he didn't say that. He said, come with me and see my zeal for the Lord. Can I tell you something tonight? You might be the only one on your campus. You might be the only Christian, though, at your work site. You may be the only believer in your neighborhood. But you just say under God, I'm going to have zeal with God. I'm going to have some courage to get the job done for Jesus Christ. And you're going to have to sometimes open your, the Bible. And you're going to find out that the Sunday school lesson you've got to teach is an unpopular lesson. And you're going to open that lesson up and realize, man, I'm going to step on some toes. Well, better you step on some toes and keep the shoe polish on than not step on the toes and have them compromise in their faith. Amen. You have to have courage in your zeal. This man, Jehu, had, had, we see the commission of zeal. We see the, the courage of zeal. But you notice verses 15 and 16 again. Notice the contagiousness of his zeal. Notice his contagion. When he was departed thence, <clears throat> he had taken care of business. He took care, he took out some more of the brethren of King Ahaziah of Judah. <clears throat> and now he's back on his journey, his work. <clears throat> On the way, he runs this man by the name of Jonadab. Jonadab was a good guy. He was the father of the Rechabites. You read about more about them in Jeremiah. These were, these were separated men. They were consecrated men. They were good guys. And Jonadab's coming. And it wasn't an accidental meeting. Jonadab heard what Jehu was doing. He saw how quickly he was getting it done. He saw how efficiently he was getting it done. And he saw that he was, he was getting business done completely. Jonadab is getting out of his comfort zone. And he's looking for Jehu to find Jehu. And they cross paths. Look at verse 15. And he lighted on Jehonadab, the son of Rechab, coming to meet him. And so they saluted each other. He saluted him. And this is, this, is, this is Jehu speaking. He saluted him. And he said to Jehonadab, Is thy heart right? As my heart is with thy heart? And Jehonadab answered, It is. And if it be, he says, give me thy hand. And he gave him his hand and he took him up into the chariot. Hey, 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 zeal's contagious. Get me around somebody excited for the Lord. That's contagious. Man, you get somebody out there passing tracks, can tell you, I, you heard me tell story many times, after I first got saved, the, the young man that, that was in my ninth grade class that was instrumental, introduced me to the gospel and so forth, they used to go on Fruitvale Avenue, MacArthur Boulevard to go track pass every Tuesday. That's when it was safe. And you, you could go there every Tuesday. And uh, I didn't know what they did. I didn't know what track passing was. I had no clue about it. But, but I could tell you this. I had only been saved two weeks. And I followed them to Fruitville Avenue and MacArthur Boulevard. And I watched them give out tracks. And I said, you know, give me a few. I, I'll try that. I said, what, what do you say to these people? They said, can I give you something to read? Well, I said, duh, I can do that. Amen. You know, so I took the track. and said, can I give you something to read? They looked like, like I said, can I give you something to read? 
They look at me like, finally, third person took one, amen? And the next one took one. I said, can I give you something to read? And then I improvised. I learned I could say something better. I said, hey, can I give you something that will help you? Hey, can I give you something that will make a good day for you? Can I give you something that will, that, that's the best news you could receive? And listen, I just became contagious. And, you know, trespassing is a good thing. And, and telling people about Jesus is a good thing. And this man, Jehonadab, he heard what was going on with Jehu. And he's thinking, I've been waiting a long time for someone to come to our kingdom who has this kind of an attitude. And he said, I've been praying for a king that would come, that would have a, that, that kind of attitude. And listen, listen, zeal is contagious. He heard about it, the commission of Jehu, and he wanted to be there. Listen, zeal touches other people. It may be said when people come to Heritage Baptist Church, there are some zealous Christians there at Heritage Baptist Church. Zeal stirs other people to join and do something for the Lord. He said, come with me and see my zeal for the Lord. So they made him ride in his chariot. He says, if you want to see what's going on, hop into my chariot. Come on, come into my to my set of wheels there. I'm going to show you what zeal is all about. Hey, can I say something to you? Would you come with me and see my zeal for the Lord? Would you come with me and see my zeal for the completion of the educational building? Would you come with me to see my zeal for the pay down of our debt? Would you come with me to see the zeal we have? I have and I want you to have... For filling up that building with people. Would you come with me for the latter half this year? Let's have a greater second half than we've ever had before. Of getting the gospel out. And reaching people with Jesus Christ. And knocking on doors. And this summer having the most productive summer our church has ever had. Of knocking on doors and getting folks out. And having the largest attended vacation Bible schools we've ever had. Would you come with me see my zeal for this summer? Though people might go on vacation. People might go away. Let's go reach some people for Jesus Christ. Would you come with me see my zeal for us to have during this summer? Men will have some men prayer times through the night and ladies have some prayer times during the day. Hey, come with me and let's see an increase in our offerings. Come with me and let's see our, an increase in our, in our, our faith promise pledges in August. Hey, come with me and let's see, let's see the, uh, the zeal for the Lord in reaching the seven city area nearest to San Leandro with the gospel. And by the way, there's no such thing as hardened sinners and hardened doors and hardened cities. We just need to go and knock some doors and knock in some hearts for Jesus Christ tonight. Come with me and see my, my zeal for the Lord. Come with me and help me break some barriers. Hey, listen, tonight, I'll tell you one of the cures for old age. Those of you getting old here, I'll tell you a cure for old age. Get you zealous for the Lord. i tell you it's a cure for young age and immaturity. Get some zeal for the Lord. i tell you some. I tell you a cure for, for inactivity is we must have a zeal for the Lord. We've got to get zealous for winning people for Jesus Christ there. Come with me and see my zeal for the Lord. People with zeal move with a sense of urgency. People with zeal go forth with a desire to get the job done. People with zeal have a mission. They want to get it done. He said, come with me and see my zeal for the Lord. Listen, his zeal for taking out the sons of Ahab. His zeal for establishing righteousness in the kingdom of Israel. Something they hadn't had for a long period of time. Listen, it was contagious. It spread throughout the kingdom. And it began with this man by the name of Jehonadab. Hey, what are tonight? Who are you hanging around with tonight at church that's giving you some zeal for the Lord? Are you zealous? Are you excited? Don't sound like it. Are you zealous? Come with me and see my zeal for the Lord. Get zealous about giving an offering. Listen, the Bible says God loves a cheerful giver. When the offering comes by, he says, we get to give something to God. Amen. You said, what's he been on? He's on zeal. Amen. You said, what is zeal? Dr. Fong prescribed zeal to you. Amen. Yeah. Right? Zeal is contagious. Notice the consistency in his zeal. Would you notice this? Did you notice, notice verse 15? Jehu recognized Jehonadab coming to meet him. They salute each other. Would you notice a question that Jehu asks of Jehonadab? 
He says, is thy heart right? Is my heart? Is with my thy heart? You can't have two kinds of zeal. You only have one kind of zeal in church. You don't have two agendas. You don't have two Jesus. We don't have churches within a church. It's one church. I said it's one church. We don't have two different Bibles we're reading out of. We don't have two different Jesus we're, 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 we're worshiping. We don't have two different soul winning agendas, okay? We have organized soul winning, be it organized soul winning. You don't have your own organized soul winning. When we have, when we have church time, we have church time. You don't have your own organized, your, your own disorganized church time. We have organized church time, you have disorganized church time. You get into church, amen? I mean, he says, is thy heart right? Is my heart, listen, my heart's right with you because everything I'm telling you is from God's word. But is thy heart right with me? That's what he's saying. He says, is thy heart right as my heart is right with thee? And if you have a problem with it, the problem's with the word, and the problem's not with me, because I'm not offended by it. Amen? It doesn't bother me, but your problem's with the word. And so you've got to decide tonight, is your heart right as he said there? And so he looked at Jonadab and said, Jonadab, I want you to understand what, I, what I'm doing. He says, this is not for, this is not for somebody who's got a, who's, who, who lacks courage, and this is not for somebody who doesn't have zeal. He says, is your heart right with me? Is my heart is right with you? He says, I don't want you bailing out on me. He says, I don't want you jumping out of this chariot. He says, I don't want you quitting on me halfway. Is your heart with me in this matter? Are you with it all the way? Don't say yes, and then you bail out. He says, get in this thing. There's consistency. Is thy heart right? Is thy, my heart is right? And he says, it is. Listen, it doesn't take rocket science. You don't have to be rocket science to figure out. When somebody's doing something for God, listen, you want to get on board. Listen, if I had to go fly into another church to go to, if I had to move to another part of the world, I'm going to look for a church that's on fire for God. I'm going to look for a church that's winning souls. I'm looking for a church where there's fiery preaching. I want to go to church where the lights are on Sunday night and the lights are not off. I want to go to church where Wednesday night people are just as sad about midweek service as they are about morning service for God there. Bible says in First Chronicles twelve thirty three of Zebulun, such as went forth to battle, expert in war. Listen to this, with all instruments of war, fifty thousand which could keep rank, they were not of double heart. Is thy heart right? Even as my heart is right with thee. If there's a different agenda, a different doctrine, different motive, a di- you're, the, the two zeals are not going to work. You got to have one zeal. Can you hear amen? It's one zeal. Just come with me. And see, my zeal for the Lord. You're excited about it. But notice something else, if you would. We see the commission is zeal. We see the courage in zeal. We see the contagion in zeal. We see the, we see the, we see the, the consistency in zeal. But would you notice the courtesy in his zeal? He says, thy heart right is my heart is with thy heart. Jehonadab said, yes, it is. He says, if it is, if it be, give me thy hand. He extended the courtesy to him. He says, listen, we agree in heart. Come on board. Get on. There's more room. Come on. Get on board. Come on, church. Get on board. Let's get on. Let's get it done. Is your heart right? Is my heart right? He says, then I extend a courtesy to you. Come on board. Let's get it done. We're, we're not competing agendas, competing doctrines, competing churches, competing things. We're getting it done. We're working together for Jesus Christ. He said, come with me and see my zeal for the Lord. Amen. By the way, I like Jehu's 
I like his statement there. He said, there's room in this church for more people who are like-minded and like-hearted, who have a zeal for the Lord. He says, there's a lot of room here. You come on board in this chariot and there's room for more people that can get on. I'm just saying tonight, we need to, we need to be like Jehu and realizing God gives, extends an invitation for us to have a zeal for the Lord. Remember what he said in Titus 2.14, that he was redeemed us from all iniquity, that he might purify himself, a people zealous of good works. Jesus Christ, when he saved us, when he washed away all our sins, he washed away our sins and saved us to be a people that's filled with zeal. You know what that means? That means a complete transformation of your character, a complete transformation of your attitude. It means if you're introverted, you just became an extrovert. That means if you're quiet, that just means you became loud. That means if you're someone who's kind of boring, you just became something very exciting. Amen. I mean, Jesus Christ can transform our character and our person, but we have to realize he redeemed us from all iniquity. He purifies us unto himself as a peculiar people. He wants us to be a zealous people, zealous of good works. That cannot happen in your own power, in my own power. That's got to happen by the power of Jesus Christ in our lives tonight. We have a mission to preach the gospel and win souls. Let's be zealous about it. We have a mission to exalt Jesus Christ to the local church. Let's be zealous about it. Number one, we see the contextual meaning. Number two, we see, we see the commander, the commander's mission as we close tonight. Would you know the, notice the Christian model this evening? Zeal is the means for staying motivated in the Word of God. Zeal is the motivation, it's the means for staying motivated in the Lord's work, for staying motivated in praying, for staying motivated about soul winning. Listen to what Jesus said. Would you listen to this? He said, I would that you were either cold or hot. But because thou art lukewarm, I will spew thee out of my mouth. Now, I'm not going to ask you to stand tonight, but where are you at? You're either hot, you're zealous, burning hot. That's what the word means. Or you're cold, you're part of the frozen chosen, amen? And that's not a different ice cream, amen? And the pastor's not Pastor Jack Frost, amen, okay? So you're either hot on one end, or you're cold on the other, you're a refrigerator Christian, amen? Or if you're in the middle... It doesn't bother you. Your favorite song is, I'm rich and increased with goods and have need of nothing. Here's what Jesus says. That's not the model one for my church. He says, oh, you make me sick to my stomach. That's what he says. I feel like I'm, I feel like I'm sick to my stomach. Not about you, but when I read that in Revelation, man, that it, it just kind of... I said, Lord, okay, where, where am I lukewarm at, Lord? Where am I lukewarm? Because if we're lukewarm, that's not pleasing God. Pastor Jin, I appreciate him being here. We, we, we kind of have a debriefing time after each preaching service and things like that. He's right on. I'm glad I got somebody, a brother just like my own heart. I mean, just, if you're, if you're concerned about your church, you don't want a lukewarm church. And by the way, don't use age as an excuse. Don't use age excuse. Don't, don't use your marital status as an excuse. There's no excuse. He's, there's no excuse for that. Okay? Dr. Sisk, he'll be here for our missions conference. He just turned 85. He wrote his book, The Fourth Quarter. You know what his new book is coming out in two weeks? Overtime. Overtime. You don't need to retire. You need to get refired. Amen? And so notice tonight, 
Jesus said lukewarmness is unacceptable. Would you notice the Christian model for zeal? Would you notice Numbers 25, 11? Consider a man by the name of Phineas. I love this, pre- this guy here, Phineas. Phineas, the son of Eleazar, the son of Aaron, the priest, he's Aaron's grandson. Has turned my wrath away from the children of Israel while he was zealous for my sake among them. Hey, he's the only one that stood for righteousness when the whole nation went immoral. And the words that God uses in Numbers 25 are pretty, pretty lucid. They're pretty explicit. He said, I've had enough of this. And he, and he dealt with it. And God said, he was zealous for my sake among them that I consume not the children of Israel in my jealousy. Would you consider the zeal of our Lord Jesus Christ? And that's a great model there, okay? The Bible says, and his disciples remember that it was written, the zeal of thy house has eaten me up. Hey, are you eating up on God's house? Does it bother you like it bothers me when our offerings are not good? Does it bother you like it bothers me when, when the church is a mess and we need to get it cleaned up? Does it bother you like it bothers me when things don't work? Does it bother you like it bothers me when people aren't in their seats and the church is empty? And ask the question, where are these people? What's going on? Are they okay? Does it bother you? He says, the zeal of the house has eaten me up. Listen about Pastor Epaphras in Colossians 4.13. Paul had a chance to have Epaphras with him. Epaphras, was, I believe, was the pastor of the church of Colossae. And we read chapter 1. He went down there to see Paul and he gave an account of who he was. And he became Paul's friend there. And, and he went there because they had some problems there at the church of Colossae. He wasn't sure how to deal with these Gnostics and so forth like that. But while he was there, he spent some time ministering to Paul and being a help and blessing to him. And Paul just saw this man had a pastor's heart. And Paul talked about this man's prayer life. And, and he, in, in Colossians 4.12, he says, He labors fervently for you in his prayers that you may stand perfect and complete in all the will of God. He said, I've heard that man pray. I've listened to him pray. I've watched him more than once. I've watched him more than twice. He's in that jail cell with me. I've watched this man pray. But he said, I not just, not just his prayer, prayer life that impresses me. Notice he says in Colossians 4.13, For I bear him record. He says, I testify that he has a great zeal for you and them. They're in Laodicea and them. They're in Hierapolis. He says, I have a great zeal for them, for you, and a great zeal for them in Hierapolis and Laodicea. You know what he's saying there? This man was concerned about the tri-city area he was in. He was, he was not trying to be a pope over an area. He was just concerned there needed to be more Baptist churches in that tri-city area. And he was concerned that the churches that were there, they needed to do more. And there were more people to be saved. And he rejoiced in every soul that was getting saved. And rejoiced in everything that was being done. But he realized that after that was done, there was still more to be done. Do you understand tonight? After something's been done, there's still more to be done. And listen, even though our church is getting filled, and buildings are going up, and offers are being taken, and people are getting saved, there's still more people that need to get saved and reach for Jesus Christ tonight. I said this Sunday night, the church is not here for a get, get a kumbaya fellowship thing. That's what we're here about. We're here to advance the kingdom of God. Paul said this in Acts 22.3, I'm verily a man which am a Jew, born in Tarsus, a city of Cilicia, yet brought up in this city at the feet of Gamaliel. And taught according to the perfect manner of the law of the fathers. And was zealous towards God as you're all the same. Isn't that interesting? Even before he got saved, Paul was zealous. He was a legal zealot. Now he gets saved. Man, you can't hold the guy back. He's not a legal zealot anymore. He's the Lord's zealot. Amen? Man, declared tonight, Jesus Christ needs some zealous Christians in Heritage Baptist Church. He needs some people to get out of their pew. He needs to get out of the seat of the comfortable and get out and be uncomfortable and get on fire for God and do something for Jesus and say, listen, I'm too old. I've got too many obligations. Listen, we, God help our soul. We're not focused on doing the things of God. 
By the way, the zeal of the churches in Achaia provoked other churches to give. We read about that in 2 Corinthians 8 and 9. As we close tonight, can I say this? Zeal is commanded. Paul said, we're redeemed to be a people zealous of good works. Paul said, it's good to be zealously affected always in a good thing. Zeal is commanded. But zeal is also Christ-like. We talk about being like Jesus. If you want to be like Jesus, have the kind of zeal Jesus had. He's the zeal of thy house is eat me up. As we close tonight, are you red hot for Jesus? Are you red hot for the Lord? Are you red hot for souls to be saved? Are you red hot about the services, about singing, about serving? Are you red hot for God's house to be filled? Are you red hot for about six to seven weeks from now when construction's done and hopefully we get our permits by then? We can take occupancy in the new building and start filling it up. We have no excuse. We have room to add more people. The Bible says there's still more room. There's still more room. You and I can't be obedient to God without realizing we're to be zealous. Jehu said, come with me and see my zeal for the Lord. And just like Jehu, I extend my hand to you and says, come with me. Come into the chariot and see my zeal for the Lord. Native Indian over in the country of India was listening to a man read some scriptures on zeal. And just like those scriptures I was reading to you, he was reading these scriptures on zeal. And the, and the Indian man said this, I don't know about having too much zeal, but I think it is better that the pot should boil over than not boil at all. And I thought it's a good, good description of zeal there. Charles Spurgeon said this, I wish the saints would cling to Christ half as earnestly as sinners cling to the devil. If we were as willing to suffer for God as some are willing to suffer for their lusts, what perseverance and zeal would be seen on all sides? What a great thought. Very convicting. And then John Wesley said this, Do all that you can, in all the ways you can, to all the souls you can, in every place you can, at all the times you can, with all the zeal you can, as long as ever you can. No wonder John Wesley could say, even though he was greatly rejected during his generation, he said, I just set myself on fire, and people come watch me as I burn. We need some burning Christians tonight. The Bible says of John the Baptist, he was a burning and a shining light. You're either hot or you're cold. If you're lukewarm, Jesus said, you make me sick and have to spew you out of my mouth. I have to vomit you out of my mouth. John R. Rice preached a sermon, Christians that make God vomit. That was a pretty strong sermon back in his day. I say to this night, thank you for being at church tonight. Thank you. You do have zeal. You're, you're here tonight. Some of you students just walking in, you're, coming, you're in the middle of finals and papers and things, and we've got graduations going on, and number of students graduating next week. I understand all that. Thank you for being here tonight. Parents, I know it's busy. A lot of you haven't had dinner. Thank you for being here. This is the cream of the crop. But let, let's just let's get like Jehu tonight. Let's be like Jehu. Come with me and see my zeal for the Lord. Would you be zealous for God? Would you be red hot for Jesus? Would you let him work in your life? Would you decide today, I'm not going to be a lukewarm Christian. I'm not going to be part of the frozen chosen. I'm going to be someone red hot for Jesus Christ. Father, tonight, thank you for the study on Jehu and what it means just to be a red hot Christian. And we need, we need to just not just see the zeal, but Lord, we need to get on board with the zeal. We need to have the same thing. Maybe, Lord, there's a fire that once burned in somebody's heart that for whatever reason the fire has gone out. It's diminished over time. It's been snuffed out. But Father, I pray just as Ezekiel did with the valley of the vision of dry bones, 
We pray tonight that, Lord, you'd breathe life in these dry, dead old bones of ours. God, just as we give oxygen and breath to take a little ember so it can, it can start burning again, breathe, God, I pray, a, a, a newness into us. And breathe, put those flames back on again, Lord, and have a zeal and a, and a burning, red-hot passion and desire, Lord, even as this man Jehu had. He got the job done. He took the commission and got it done. He had courage in his, in, he had courage in his zeal. And, Lord, there was consistency in his zeal. And there was contagiousness in his zeal. And there was courtesy in his zeal. He didn't want to keep the zeal all to himself. He saw that there was somebody else who was interested and he extended his hand and says, come with me. And tonight, Lord, I know that you're extending to me and to this wonderful church uh, your hand to grab your hand and grasp and realizing that there's zeal that you want us to have. God, would you convict us tonight in areas where perhaps the zeal has gone out? where the flame is not burning like it once was, and where the flame needs to be heated up. And, Lord, that we would take on the character of the very furnace in which the flame, in which the iron is being heated up on. May we take on the character of our Lord Jesus Christ. For we know that, that zeal is commanded, and zeal is being Christ-like. The Bible says, the zeal of thy house has eat me up. Would you help us tonight to increase our zeal, to be burning red-hot, not to take anything less than being a burning red-hot Christian for Jesus Christ. Father, do you use the invitation time for us to get rekindled, to come to the furnace of God and to get the fire of God back in our soul that the breath of heaven would breathe fire and enablement to us. Lord, we pray for these things now of you in Jesus' name. Let's stand. Every head bowed, every eye closed. You need to come to...